you're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads Agency. Hey everyone, John Moran here with Solutions 8, and today we're going to be discussing what is the SKU performance. Sometimes we get asked this question by leads, existing clients, even just during our speaking engagements or when we're teaching courses, and it is a long answer. So I thought it was going to be a good idea to make a video about this because this is going to be something that you're going to have to dig to find out the information for. Now, we normally use a tool called Nordbeam, but if you're not on Nordbeam, I'm going to share with you a way that you can actually combine your Google Ads and your analytics account to find out if you're driving traffic to a specific product, what is actually the full effort of what comes back from driving that trip to the product. Now, today is not the day that it was 10 years ago, which means that you have an ad, you have a good keyword, you have a good ad, you have a landing page or a dedicated page on your website dedicated to the product. You turn it on and what is your clicks and your conversion, conversion rate, your ROAS, et cetera, from what click? That's all gone now. We have to understand that on average, it takes 10, 15, 20 days sometimes for people to convert. They're engaging on your social, your organic, your email, your paid traffic on SEM, those channels. They are taking a long time to buy. And it's unfair to take a look at one channel with one campaign and say, what is actually happening from the efforts in that campaign? And I'm gonna kind of dip my toe into ways that you can measure both the skew performance, but also what is the actual revenue and how do you measure against that? And I'm going to share with you why ROAS is not something that you may want to focus on holistically or even solely. It is a good KPI, good key, key performance indicator, but it's not the be all end all. You can have a horrible ROAS, but a great CAC and a great LTV and you can be very profitable and you can be stopping three feet from gold as Cosmo always says. So I want to share this with you today and a good example of that from a higher spend client that I can share with you what you may see on one channel but looking at it a different way and then also thinking about it even a different way after that could be the key benefits for your company to either A, scale, or B, even just be in the short term, much more successful by thinking about it differently and reacting to this differently. So let's get started. On the screen, you're going to see a campaign that's blurred out. So what this campaign is, a performance max campaign with one SKU, with one page. And what this campaign, this performance max and this one SKU is doing is driving a very specific product. We're driving as a very specific product page. Everything's very singular. So we can treat this as an individual SKU. Now I do have 56 other campaigns in this account running. One of them is a brand campaign and the other ones are some dynamic remarketing campaigns. And what you're going to see here initially is on May 1st through May 31st. So this last month in 2022, I spent 67,000. I have 1200 conversions. And I have $248,000 in conversion value by click and $292,000 in conversion value by time. And the difference between these two is in the last 30 days, the people that clicked, I made $248,000 on. The people that have clicked before May 31st, but converted within May 31st is $292,000. That's the difference between them. And the reason why you'll see this is, is hey, you have 95% of your conversions. You're most likely going to receive 84 more conversions and $13,000 more conversion value. And this is an estimate. You're going to see why there's that delta there is because if we waited one more month, this number here will look more like this number there. So again, 67,000 and $292,000 cash in the bank, I guess I would say with 1,207 conversions. Now, if we look at the ROAS of this, let me do this. I try not to share any, we do ROAS by time. 
try not to share any specific client privilege information, but I do want to share what this looks like. The ROAS here is 436%. Good. It looks really good. Now, in this same time period, though, in analytics, remember this number, 292,000. In analytics, what I've done here is I have gone into, let me move that up here to the right. What I've done is looked at the same time period, May 1st, May 31st. Then I've also segmented by a filter of the channel, which is just the Google CPC. So I'm not taking in into consideration anything from Bing or from, which is called Microsoft Advertising now. I will never get over saying Bing. Bing is just going to be stuck in my vocabulary for like the next 10 years. But Bing, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Hulu, any sort of CTV, Zeta, nothing. So it's only from the Google channel. However, there's going to be a caveat to this, which is what I'll share with you soon. But from the inbound sales that have come from the Google ads channel, there's $680,000 in product revenue. Now, what's interesting about this is two things are happening here. Google said, hey, they clicked on my ad in this campaign and spent $292,000 with us. But they clicked on any other campaign in my, in my account and spent $680,000. Well, how could that be? Well... In this specific account, my brand name made about a million dollars this last month. Yeah, about a million dollars this last month. Just, I think, 1.1. Inside of that million dollars, what do you think is in there? What did they buy? Well, was it this product here that I know you're, it's blurred out, but the same product that I'm, I'm sharing on the screen is the same product in that campaign. Did they come back through the brand campaign and end up buying the product that I was pushing traffic to for one campaign? Yes, we have seen that times and times again, that even utilizing Nordbeam is where I can prove it. But I wanted to kind of give you food for thought into how do you measure the overall effectiveness of your market. It's not always campaign specific. Not everyone is going to click on that ad and then go into the website and then just click and buy. Sometimes they click, they leave, and they might change devices, change IP addresses, change locations, and they simply just Google the brand name because they want to come back and buy from you. But what are they going to come back and buy from you? What are they actually going to buy? Well, was it the campaign that drove the first one, two, or three clicks to the site looking at that specific product? Most of the time, yes. So when you look at it a different way, I have to think about, well, did they come back through my remarketing campaign? Yes. Did they come back through the brand campaign? Yes. Did they come back through the campaign that was trying to drive the click in the first place? Yes. How much ad spend are you dedicating to that product? And what is your net sales from that specific channel? Well, we see that we spent 66,000. We got 292 channel direct clicks and conversions, but in the channel of Google, sorry, not a campaign direct clicks and conversions, but the channel that is Google is 680,000. So that's a double. That's a doubling of your revenue. Now, if you're looking at your Google Ads campaign and measuring it just by ROAS, you're like, uh oh, I need to be at 700, let's say. Well, not to say that 436 is bad, that's amazing, but it's actually in my account total has a 400 ROAS, up a $1.5 million spent. So I do think that it is slightly above average, but it even is twice as good as what we're seeing here because we're simply taking the unknowns about what exactly happened after they clicked what happened. Now, Here's where the part that gets a little bit crazy. And I pulled up on the screen a few things to think about. What ROAS, is it good? Well, on my Google Ads channel, it's a four. On my analytics from that same channel, it's an eight. Awesome. So we're looking between a four X and an eight X return. Now I think, well, what is the cost of acquired new customer? That's different. That's different than what you see here. That's different than what you see in analytics. Why? Well, is this the first, second, 12th time that they purchased from you? And you can say, yes, I'm only tracking a 90 day click, but what happens if they come back and buy from you every year? They look like they had to have clicked on an ad and purchased from you again. So when you're taking into consideration what is new versus repeat, this is a whole different scenario now. This is a big, big, big change. And what I mean by cost of acquired to customer is you can have a ROAS of four to eight, but the first time the cost of new customer is 100, 
dollars, let's say. But the second, third, and fourth, fifth purchase, second, third, fourth, whatever purchase, is a CPA of three bucks. Now what happened? Well, you paid dearly for the first time that the customer came in and they kept purchasing from you through your brand campaign, let's say, and your brand campaign has a good CPA. So maybe it's $3. Now, what is the average of that? Well, if you're looking at ROAS and looking at revenue, your CAC might be somewhere around $100 cost per customer, but your CPA could be 25 bucks. So like, wow, I'm getting a $25 CPA. Well, that's not true. It's four purchases on average. And if you look at your actual customer list, you're really paying $100 and you're paying $5 every single time they come back and buy. That's a different way to think about this now. So now ROAS becomes a little bit less important and the cost of acquiring the new customer becomes important. This is a model that we use very often. CAC versus LTV. And what does this mean? Well, LTV means that what is the lifetime value of that from a three, six, and even 12 month out? So if you have a three month lifetime value, which means they may purchase again, most likely not. Let's use round numbers here. So the lifetime value of the first purchase is first three months, $100. Okay. Well, what do they spend in six months? Well, a lot of times they do come back. Well, a 1.5 repeat rate annually means that about half of the, or a quarter of those people are going to come by and and buy a second time. So now actually the LTV is 150. So now we're at 150. Well, what is the LTV of 12 months? We usually get two purchases a year. Now that is $200. So a row has a four to eight, doesn't matter. A CPA of 25, doesn't matter. The cost of acquiring that new customer costs you $100, but the lifetime value of it is $200. So now you're actually spending $100 to make $200. And if you look at what is the cost of acquiring a new customer, as long as this does not go up, and a lot of times it does go down with scale, as long as this does not go up, you have a very scalable campaign regardless of what your ROAS or your CPA says. If you get more new customers, your CPA could potentially go up because you have a lot less repeat customers, which means you're not getting the $3 conversions. You're getting more $100 conversions. So your cost per acquisition doubles and you're like, oh, but your CAC stayed the same. Why? You had twice as many new customers. CAC stayed the same, regardless of CPA. Your ROAS went from four to eight. Oh no, now it went down to 200% ROAS. <gasps> this is, looks bad. Yes, but what is the cost of acquiring that? Well, it's the same. It's just, I'm getting less repeat. I'm getting more new. So my ROAS looks terrible because I didn't get the fast $3 easy ROAS conversion, my $3 CPA, end up spending a hundred that boosted my CPA really, or the, the boost my ROAS really high. So who buys is actually going to affect your ROAS. Who buys is actually going to affect your CPA, but your cost of acquiring that new customer is more important than anything else. Cause you can scale that as long as that metric stays the same. And as long as your LTV stays the same, other things you have to think about across pollination, what other efforts on other channels are driving in my brand conversions. Now we have to look at how many new branded conversions are, how many branded conversions are new customers. Because if you could find a cost of acquired new customer brand, spend that to the moon. And if you find the cost of acquired new customer on non-brand, you can spend that to the moon. And if you look at what you're manipulating your other social channels on, for example, are actually driving up or down that cost of acquired new customer, you'll see those two correlate. So your Facebook campaign might have a better CPA or better ROAS. And you're seeing your brand actually have more sales and less CPA and more ROAS. Good. Keep spending on that because if you add those two together, what is the cost of acquiring a new customer regardless of channel? It's X. Good. Keep scaling. So the other one is the cross-pollination between Google ads campaigns. Like if they click on product A, they buy product B. That happens about 10% of the time. So just take that into consideration that you might get a sale of an item that you actually never spent a dollar on marketing because they were marketing a different item and they just bought another item after they came to the site. So a few things to think about ancillary things that are not really affecting the, the big picture, but things you must think about is 
why am I receiving sales on that? You can look through the top convergent path and even Google analytics and identify that that product was actually sold from a first click from a different product that you're marketing for. And is your other channels driving that inbound brand conversion? So two things you want to be very, very considerate of, but at the end of the day, what you want to look at is it's not necessarily ROAS by SKU. doesn't matter. ROAS by SKU is good. But if I said, if I'm only going to go after all of your customer lists that buy from you every month, I could do a 2000% ROAS on all of your existing customers. You're going to lose money because I'm just spending more to make you the same amount of money, but your ROAS looks fantastic. But the cost of acquiring a new customer is what you have to think about. I don't really care what the ROAS is, honestly. The ROAS is, is, is a good key performance indicator that I'm heading in the right direction when the ROAS goes down. If I know my new customer is coming up and my cost of acquiring a new customer is going down, I'm just using my budget more effectively. If you're on Shopify, hop into your Shopify account to look at your analytics tab and look at the return of customer rate. And if it's 30%, you can imagine that possibly 30% of your sales, maybe even 40% of your sales that are coming in from even your pay channel are coming in for customers that already know about you and you just keep paying for them over and over again. You take that money and actually go more towards the new customer acquisition. Your ROAS goes down, your CPA goes up, but your CAC may go down. And if your LTV stays the same, you now have made more money. So that's kind of my little rant here for the day. But a thing to think about where it's not SKU specific, it's not campaign specific, we have to think about this holistically. What does it cost to acquire the customer? What do they spend over a long time period? But obviously after all of your costs and your net profit, do you equate to being profitable. And if your LTV stays the same and your cost of acquiring the customer stays the same, keep adding an estimate. One last thing to think about when you're looking at the CAC versus LTV is how far do you want to spend into your future profitability? Remember that time period I said is three months, six months, a year. If I make an LTV over a year period of $200, but my first month cost is $100 and it costs me $100 to make that, that first time revenue of that $100. I don't see profitability until year two. That's fine if I'm probably VC funded and I have a 10 year ramp up. But if you're like, I can't just eat off nothing for the next year, you'll need a ROAS of let's say 200% on your first time sale. So your cost of acquiring a customer would be one fourth of the one year LTV in that scenario. Say it cost me $50 to make 100 in the first purchase then by year two, I made 200. Now my year is $50 in, $200 out or average over 12 months. So don't get too aggressive by saying like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make six grand by year seven. I'm going to spend $7,000 cost required to a customer. You just broke even for the next seven years. That's how that scenario works. So please let me know if you like this video. Think about this in a different way. It's a lot of fun to fun to kind of measure performance in a, in not necessarily pigeonhole yourself into one campaign's performance for one skew. There's much more stuff going on here. So just things to think about when you're measuring success with Google Ads campaign. I'm John Brown Solutions 8. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads Podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan, a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's S-O-L-8.com. S-O-L, the number 8.com.